Hello. Welcome to my Sober Militia podcast. Today's episode is called Secrets of Sobriety. I do not know why it has taken me this long to write about this aspect of sobriety, but one of my new friends inspired me through her writing. She wrote about her secret life of addiction, and it reminded me of the role secrecy has played in my own addiction as well. I've talked with a lot of people since I quit my addictions. I've heard many torrid stories about people's lives and how addiction hijacked their ability to exist in a normal society. I've seen the physical and emotional destruction caused by people's inability to overcome their addiction. One of the things I've not heard too much about is the true inner workings of a person's mind and addiction. We all know the stereotypical stories of addiction. We have heard them a hundred times. My friend's book got me thinking about the things we do not hear about very often. Even though we all know many of our secrets have the power to help others, we do not generally divulge them, especially to strangers. I took some time to think about my experience in addiction. I asked myself, what role did secrecy play for me? The answer is, it played a big one. I was aware, to some extent, of the secrecy I was holding in regard to my addictions. I remember thinking, at times, why do I do that, or what is the point of my acting in such a manner? I was never able to find sufficient answers to those questions, so I generally just brushed them off as non-issues. I mean, if I cannot figure out the answers to the questions, then the questions must be the wrong ones to ask. As I've said many times in the past, I was very good at rationalizing anything. As I look back in my life through a clean and unobstructed lens, it is easier for me to see the two most prominent secrets I held. The first was a need to hide the amount I used of any of my addictions from friends, family, and especially significant others. The second, well, this one is a little harder to articulate. I kept secret for the better part of my entire life an attraction for self-destruction. Keeping our addictions secret from people close to us is nothing new. We have all done it, and we all know the potential ramifications of those actions. The interesting aspect of this type of secret keeping, though, is why? Why do we keep our addictions such a secret? The easy answer is because we don't want people to think we are a drunk, junkie, or loser. It scares us to think of people thinking of us in that way, so we hide it to avoid the inevitable scrutiny that accompanies our addiction. It makes sense, but is this the only reason we hide our addictions? For me, I hid my addiction for very different reasons. One of the things I've learned about myself since getting my shit together is I was not a very good person. It still stings to write or say this, but I believe it is okay to own our truths. One of my not-so-great qualities was my uncaring attitude about how my actions affected others. It wasn't really that I didn't care. I just couldn't see outside myself long enough to know what was happening to others. Because of this, I developed beliefs that did not benefit me or those around me. The reason I kept the secrets of my addictions was very personal. It was about control. Looking back, it makes sense how I needed to find control wherever I could. Ever since my childhood, my life always seemed a little bit outside of my control. Whether it was family, sports, friendships, girlfriends, or even work, I always felt I was at the mercy of someone else. 
So when confronted with the possibility of addiction, either personally or by someone else, I always had the same answer. I'm fine. It is under control. I'm not sure where this began for me, but I believe my problems were my problems alone. I was meant to deal with them by myself. I sometimes wonder if it came from an effort to not bother people. I do not really know, but I know this. I would not let people help me with my addictions. To a fault. What I mean is this. My belief to handle my own shit was so strong, I lied to people about my addictions because in my mind it was none of their business. It was my problem and I could handle it alone. This was something I could never adequately explain to loved ones who caught me in my lies. I was not trying to lie to anyone. I was trying to convince myself I was strong enough to control my own life. Obviously, I was wrong. The other, even more pestilent secret I held was my attraction for self-destruction. I've tried to explain this before, but I do not know if I have ever been successful. I will try again. I used this example in one of my earliest blogs. I used to smoke. Whenever I thought about quitting smoking, an image hijacked my brain and I could not let it go. The image was of me sitting at the bar in a low-lit dive bar. I was drinking and smoking. For some reason, the scene was always black and white. I held a drink in one hand and a cigarette in the other. The smoke from the cigarette enveloped me while it rose into the air and created a cloud of smoke above the bar. This image was so attractive to me. I was angry with myself the moment I quit smoking because I would not be able to be a part of that scene any longer. Now you might be thinking, that is not very self-destructive. Well, let's break it down a bit. First, I'm drinking alone in a dive bar. Red flag. Second, I'm willfully drinking poison. Third, I'm knowingly inhaling toxic smoke into my lungs with the knowledge that it will, with certainty, kill me at some point. If that's not self-destruction, I do not know what is. Another way I've tried to describe my secrecy is in my desire to engage in negative behaviors. Whenever I tried to quit an addiction, one of the most visceral reactions I had to it was my missing my ability to partake in something bad or negative. More specifically, it felt good for me to harm myself on some level. I know some people take this feeling to much greater extremes than drinking and smoking, but there was just something comforting in the act of knowing I was hurting myself. To be clear, I never considered suicide in the traditional sense, but if you think about it, the difference may not be as significant as you think. I liked when the smoke burned my throat on the way down. I enjoyed the sting of chewing tobacco on the inside of my lip. I looked forward to the burn of alcohol when it was introduced into my mouth for the first time of the day. When I became numb to those feelings, I would do them more often and in more quantity in a constant effort to re-experience those sensations. I missed them when I could no longer find them. If I'm honest, those two secrets were the bane of my potential for change for most of my life. They were until I realized, once again, these secrets, too, were a choice. I chose to hold the perception I held of those secrets because I needed them to feel in control. 
Once I gave myself permission to let go of my negative perceptions of myself, my addictions, and my life, I was able to see more clearly why I held them in the first place. Some people like to say control is an illusion. I guess that is entirely dependent on a person's definition of control. One of the definitions of control is the power to influence or direct the course of events. If you have successfully quit an addiction, I am sorry, but you most certainly have some semblance of control. I found control in the absence of self-destruction. I found control in the need to reach out and ask for help. I found control in the positivity that began to influence my outlook on people in life. I found control in the goals I am achieving. I found control because I gave up trying to control something that was not controllable. I could not control my unwarranted need for control. What I could control was my perception of what control looked like to me. It was in my new personal definition of control that I found freedom. There is nothing more powerful than the feeling accompanying freedom, especially freedom from our own self-destructive behavior. I'm pretty sure if one was so inclined, we could write volumes about the secrets of sobriety. There's so many different ways in which this occurs and how secrets come about, how they're handled, what they're told, what people think and feel about them. Secrets are kind of all over the place in addiction. But when I wrote this, I was thinking more about some of those real deep interpersonal secrets that we keep. And I don't know if this is the same for everyone, but for me, it really was strong. And it was something that pretty much kept me unable to find sobriety in nicotine or alcohol. And the reason was because it was something that I held on to and I had a perception of that gave me some semblance of control in my life. And as I mentioned in my blog, I think there were several aspects of my life from childhood all the way up till adulthood where I felt I was always kind of at the mercy of other people. And I think most people feel that, but again, people who are addicts tend to see things or feel things maybe differently than others. But for me, that's what I was feeling as I had this thing that I could control, which was a secret. And in my case, I had two. And one was the secret of keeping from other people how much I was really using my addictions. And this obviously was most important in regard to my relationships. Because even though everybody I was with used to some extent, no one used as much as I wanted to. And so I had to find ways to use the amount I wanted without people knowing. Otherwise I had to deal with the ramifications of that. And so I would find ways to do that. And as we all did, you know, um, and that was something I found, I think attractive was this idea of 
something I had that nobody knew about that I had control over. And the illusion there obviously was that I had control over it at all, which, you know, in hindsight, looking back is actually quite funny. But the bigger one for me was that idea of having something that I don't like to say harmed me, but it did and I knew it and I felt it. So it is true. It's just kind of hard to say that. But I think that there was an attraction to that idea of destroying myself on some level. And while I never have had that thought of suicide, there was some thought of not living at least well and for not very long because of my lifestyle and using nicotine and alcohol pretty much proved that. But there was just some attraction to it. And I remember I've tried to explain this to people before and my current partner uh, has no ability to understand it because her uh, reasons for using alcohol was very different than mine. But to me, I like that aspect of it being wrong or unhealthy or not okay, not socially accepted. But even down to the physical piece where, like I said in the blog, I, I remember the feeling of inhaling smoke, especially when you've smoked too much and it starts to kind of hurt when you're inhaling. I liked that feeling, even though I, it, it wasn't comfortable. It's like, I still enjoyed that. And it was something I thought about whenever I tried to quit. I uh, did chewing tobacco for a while and same thing with the lip, you know, there'd be a time when you chewed so much that your lip really started to hurt, but you would just keep doing it anyway. Or uh, alcohol and the way it burns when you first take a drink in the morning or not in the morning, well, in the morning too, but whenever you take a drink for the first time of the day, that feeling of that burn was something I enjoyed. And those are all just negative things that were attractive to me. And whenever I would quit anything, those were the things I thought about the most and the things I missed the most, which is really fascinating. But then as I embarked on this final journey into sobriety from nicotine and alcohol and found uh, life to be very different on the other side, I attribute that to the fact that I was able to give myself permission to let go of those perceptions I held because I was working on a lot of those uh, mindfulness techniques and core beliefs and trying to change the way I saw and believed about things. And one of those was this idea of wanting to keep a secret or harm myself. And by doing that, I found much more control than I ever thought I could have and definitely much more control than I was having over hurting myself or keeping a secret. And so by letting go of those secrets and by changing my perception of the things that I thought I had control over, I actually gained so much more back. And I can't tell you how good it feels to be free from those constraints, and especially the secrets. There's nothing worse than trying to keep those things away from people and um, lie about them and uh, not get caught in the lies, like I said in the blog. Because anytime I did get caught in those lies, they were almost impossible to explain, even though in my mind, the reason I was lying was very different from what the perception of the person who I lied to was. So these secrets of sobriety 
are important because we need to be able to let go of them in order to move on. But there is an attraction to that side that might be something we have to work with a little bit, try to figure out why they were important to us and why we felt the need to hold on to those secrets. And uh, for me, it was control. And so by giving up that control, I actually gained an enormous amount of control, which once you go through that process, you realize is so much more enjoyable. So that's where I was coming from on this blog today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for reading and listening to the podcast. I appreciate you so much as always. Hope you guys had a great weekend and are embarking on a good week. Stay safe, stay strong, stay sober.